With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Started. All right, all right, all right. How's everybody this evening? Hope everybody's doing well. Monarch, one arc. How you doing? Yo, yo. Check, check. Am I coming in? Ah, you sound okay right now. Hopefully it holds up. <laughs> yeah. It's not anything too important. <laughs> I never knew. That's my policy. That's your police? <laughs> That's my police. Can you hear that? Uh, is there wind disturbance? Uh, there, there was just a little bit just a second ago. I don't really hear it now. Okay. Yeah, I had to turn my fan on. I finished uh, making that microphone uh, diffuser. Oh, <laughs> microphone testing diffuser. it out. Uh, yeah. So we don't hear all those popping sounds, pop, pop. No, it's actually, it's not a diffuser. It's a, uh, uh, what do you call it? It's It's like a back screen for it. To block out the other sounds. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it also stops a lot of like the popping from your mouth, like when you go little things like that. Yeah. Well, this is, this is, um, behind the microphone, not, not over it or in front of it, you know? Uh, you know what I'm saying? It's a uh, and I forgot what it's called, but I made one. <laughs> called diffuser. <laughs> uh, it might be. Huh. Well, hello, Oracle. Looks like I is still having problems. Yeah, I was seeing that. Hi, Monarch. Hi, JC. Hey, Oracle. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing really well. Looking forward to tonight. Yep. Yeah, I just told I to call in on the phone like I've done, and that way I can hear, and he'll be able to hear. Or she. I don't know if I is a he or she. So. Can you hear... Uh... On on the computer or just the phone? Let me see. Yep, I can hear it on the computer, so I'm going to mute it on the computer, but I don't know if you'd be able to hear me. Because don't you have to join the online studio? In yeah, you got to join the online studio. Okay. On the computer. Yeah, I'll, I'll just stay on the phone and watch the, the, the chat on online. And sometimes the chat shows me some things and sometimes it doesn't. It's kind of weird. How you doing, Monarch? Uh, I'm doing all right. How about yourself? 
can't complain. Not at all. I'm pretty good. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like the chat um, participants only really show up for the rest of us if they type in the chat. But until they do that, it's like we don't know they're there. Oh, oh that's it? Okay. awfully cool of I, I so the, they're going to remain here for support. We'll have to listen to the audio later. Oh, snap. Appreciate that. Uh, I rock. You rock. Uh, you I. rock. <laughs> have you ever seen that movie? Um, what was that movie? Uh, Ready Player One. Uh, maybe, but it's been a while. I, I Rock was my favorite character in that movie for sure. <laughs> On Ready Ready uh-huh. Player One, let me see. Uh, yeah, it's a movie about the future and the future of video games. <laughs> HBO. It's on HBO Max. Probably. Is there a Ready Player Two? Um, they're they're in production. I think. I mean, they they are going to make a Ready Player Two. <laughs> well, if anyone would know, John John knows that. You like? Yeah, that movie? one. I think the. I think the premise in that one is you get to create your own character or whatever you want it to be and burn everything down. But they're going to, well, they're going to call it reality. They're going to call it reality? Yeah, they're going to call it reality, the peaceful protest. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The peaceful protest of no lives matter. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it says Ready Player One is available on Netflix. Huh. Okay. On Netflix. It says that here. It says, Ready Player One is available on Netflix. Hmm. Oh, I didn't know it was available on Netflix. I figured that they would advertise that more. Oh, oh. It's, it's been out for a while, right? Uh, yeah, it's been out for a couple of years. Yeah. I, I was wanting to go see it in the theaters, but then I didn't go see it in the theaters. I was all like, shucks, and then it came out. I think I saw it first on HBO. I'm checking that. I think I saw it. 250, you've been unmuted. Hey, John. What's going on, man? I made her. I made her, man. (laughs) Uh, Yeah? You made her? Yeah. Yeah, who just pulled in right before. Uh, Yeah? How's uh, British Columbia for you guys? Oh, my God. I don't even know where to begin, John. Yeah, I think the last Trudeau, time we talked, Trudeau we were going is, to a COVID protest. <laughs> Do what? Trudeau is still the prime minister here. Yeah, that's probably going to be happening for a while. Does that yeah. mean everybody's uh, walking around in blackface? Uh, yeah, pretty much, man. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know who voted. I. I, I really don't know. <laughs> a bunch of people who enjoy suffering. All <laughs> he literally suffering. drove us into the dirt. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm surprised that uh, Gavin Newsom freaking got reelected out in California. Yeah, I'm not, but I am. Uh, who's the company that owns those voting machines? Oh, I forgot. Uh, something Star, I think. Is that right? Oh, voting machines. Oh, I don't know. Dominion. There's Dominion. Dominion. Oh yeah, that's on the right. other one. There's another one, but whatever. Dominion started up in Canada, didn't it? Dominion? Uh, yeah. I've seen something like that somewhere before. Wasn't that a Canadian company and then they they like sold it off to the United like, States. I'm pretty sure the DOD had to do like a background check or something before they could start putting their machines down here at the voting booths. Yeah, I would have known a lot more about time. it like six months ago. Huh? Yeah, but we all know they've been compromised now. Well, I mean, shoot, okay. freaking the CIA and NSA gives, like, Google and all these other tech companies their startup money. Why don't you think they give it to, like, uh, these tech companies that count voting machines or count votes with machines? Yeah. Seems legit to me. <laughs> they should they should do their suffrage like uh, like old school gym class. They'd be like, all right, you guys stand over there. You guys stand over there. <laughs> And then they start counting heads, you know? Well, then there's Smartmatic, which is Sequoia Voting Systems, owned by Smartmatic. Hmm. Smartmatic, I think that's the other one. It was mm -hmm. Dominion and Smartmatic. Yep. And Smartmatic mm -hmm. was the one that, uh, like, rigged the Venezuela election or something. Allegedly. Yeah. National, yeah. Three Venezuelan software engineers developed it. Including the voting machines. Yep. And didn't they have some type of backing from the CIA or something? I don't see Google admitting to that yet, but. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. Oh, we know Google had backing from the CIA and NSA. Google might not have admitted to it, but uh, I'm pretty sure that the CIA and the NSA has, you know, and uh, Google got a contract. Google and Amazon got a contract for um, NSA data storage. Oh, wow. Well, I think we all know Google's CIA front to begin with, along with all these dog grooming businesses in this town here. <laughs> I got like nine dog grooming businesses in this little town. None of them even Good. flinched during the whole shutdown, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh, really? People they got their dogs groomed. Mm -hmm. they yeah, and there's like seven dogs. <laughs> seven to nine, eh? <laughs> Doesn't make Who sense. Who knows eh? what's going on behind there, huh? Yeah. Uh, are they like the drive around? Um, I've seen one, uh, one, well, there's a van that 
I don't know if it's just advertising or if that's what they do, but uh, no, there's like a whole a whole bunch of other ones. They're all big, nice looking warehouse shaped, you know, like a black site. No, I just I, I noticed a lot when I uh, had to start walking because I was robbed of my truck. All of a sudden, I'm walking past all these dog groomers, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Never noticed them before. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to start off with a little song to get the evening going. We're about 10 minutes in. Roger. are going to get brighter hopefully right now you know it 
I do know. So first order of business is tonight is JD's trial. And just judging by all of the people who showed up and by the people who have not shown up, I would say that there's really not much point in having a trial. So I'm just going to go ahead and rule on this as a default. Unless anybody has any objections, if anybody has any objections to a default against JD, then, you know, now's the time to speak. You can raise your hand on the computer or you can press, what does it start to? Uh, start two or start six? Yeah, I think it's start two. They're going once, going twice, no objections. So, Kellen, did you ever get the chance to watch that video? I I just started it. Didn't get to finish it. You didn't get to finish it? No. So, uh, what's next on the agenda? Anybody got something yeah. that they, they have a question about? And uh, just to let everybody know, COVID's pretty pretty bad. I've heard a lot of things this week about people passing and people getting COVID. So yeah. everybody should uh, yeah, you know keep week. the people who have COVID on their hearts and minds. Yeah, I know two people that passed away in the last two weeks, and I've got we've got one in the hospital and. When in ICU, and I know somebody else who's listening in who's got COVID, so we wish you well and a quick recovery. I won't name you, but thanks and prayers. Amen to that. Well, wishing you well and quick recovery. And anyone else out there who's who's got it? Yes, because but, medical privacy is supposed to be private, not like a <laughs> yeah. vaccine passport. <laughs> So what's going on with that vaccine passport? Is that everywhere, John? Um, I don't know. I mean, I know that they have it in, in Israel. Like, Israel was the first country to create a statute about the vaccine passport. And so if you don't get the booster shots every six months, you actually lose the uh, the passport status and being able to go places out in public. Um, I'm not real Jeez. sure exactly. I've heard New York. Yeah, heard. but they haven't, like, the state legislature hasn't actually written a statute on it. It's more like a, a city policy. Yeah, an ordinance or something. It, yeah, yeah. So there's not, like, an actual legislative statute up in New York. Because so, yeah, you could be in upstate know, New York and... Uh, what was that, man? Up here in Canada, we've got, like, they basically give you a QR code, first jab, second jab. They're two different QR codes, and the businesses are basically allowed to choose if they allow the single jab in or if they want the second jab. 
Are you saying you have an option? Pacific. You, you have an option if you don't want to get the second jab, but you don't have an option to go into the certain stores that require the, uh-huh. two, the second jab, right? What if, like, people, you know, what if the uh, business owners are okay with no jabs? Can they let people in? Yeah, I go to these places all the time. There's three of them just around here in our area that I, I'll support forever. Because, I mean, that's what I see is probably going to happen, is that you're going to have some type of segregation. You're going to have some type of splitting, uh, you know, like people who are more natural and believe in natural health and are going to go one way, and then people who believe in the transhumanism, artificial health, they're going to go another way. Mm -hmm. That's exactly how it is. Division, once again. I think that's what they're not willing... Oh, I, I think that's not what they're willing to risk here, um, because I think they know as soon as they show any window of opportunity to people for people to, you know, use their own judgment and govern themselves, they're going to lose that fight. You know, they'll lose too many of them. That's why they they have these ordinances or mandates for businesses that operate under a license. You know, they have to. Uh, check your passport you know in like say new york or whatever that way they can just suspend the business the restaurant license or whatever the case they because they can't they can't do it to an individual yeah exactly that's kind of like what they're doing up here like these people aren't supposed to be allowing people in without a vaccine but they there's a few people that stood up and said no i'm going to lose business and how it's going yeah. to be and they haven't yeah. got shut down yet so it's been since the 13th. Hey, I, are you there? I just unmuted I, but I, I can't hear I. <coughs> Let's just try if you can. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm muted. Hello, I, are you there? There's a join the online studio above the screen. If yeah, well, I mean, they're on. in the studio because they have to be in the studio for me to unmute them. There's just no uh, no sound, huh? No sound. I'm going to try unmuting else. Uh, I, are you speaking in sign language or with your voice? <laughs> <laughs> Alice, are you there? Uh, oh, I can hear us now that, that it's been unmuted. Oh. Kind of weird. You can finally hear, I can finally hear you. Wow. We can't hear you, Alice, are you there? I was muted back. Oh. Huh. Yeah, we can't hear you. Wouldn't that I wonder if he's wearing... With the microphone, uh, I wonder... with the computer. Mm-hmm. I wonder if he's wearing earbuds with the microphone. Alsa, uh, you're unmuted. 
Alice, you there? Is trying to unmute. Yeah, I, I just unmuted him because I unmuted him a minute ago and then muted him back. So I don't know what's going on. I don't know either. Probably like when you're trying to get in a car and the guy's hitting, unlocking you, pulling the handle, you know? <laughs> Right. <laughs> right. Right. Mm -hmm. That's a good analogy. Yeah. When <laughs> I click join the online studio, it's it disconnects me actually from the online program. It's the weirdest thing. But it will tell you if your camera and your mic are off or not, so and that's why I'm I'm looking at the screen on the computer, but I'm listening through the phone. My phone because it just comes out better that way. Yeah, first time I called in, actually. Platform. Sorry. Oh, go ahead, Kellen. Oh, I just said it's the first time I've called TalkShoe. Like, I usually go off my computer, and it was a lot easier than I, than I was expecting. Did you call the number in Canada? I called the number you gave me, so I probably have a huge bill coming up. Oh, yeah. Uh-oh. Uh -oh. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, there's there, 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 a... Numbers, uh, no, nah, there, there's a number for Canada to call. Um, let me see. I'm trying to look that, that up one. now to see what that would be. Yeah, here's the Canadian yeah, you know, number. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll put it on the screen. I'm going to have to find all that, and I'll, I'll put it on my uh, upload, my replay on Wise Words with JC and Friends on YouTube. Catch it now. Yeah, I'm sending the link over there, and I'll <laughs> oh. type in. Yeah, there's the link to the different call-in phone numbers, and let me cut and paste this one for Canada, because it should be free. It should be free. Yeah, it should be. Um, it's eight six seven two nine two three zero. Yeah, uh, you, can somebody type this in? Because I'm on another screen. This is for Canada. One eight six seven two nine two three. Zero six six. That's the phone number that should be free um, in Canada. Yeah, is somebody typing it on the screen, on the chat? Yeah, Monarch typed it in. One eight six seven two nine two thirty three. That's three zero six six. Okay, I can go back to the other screen then. That's the only one that pops up for Canada. Is it the same, hey, Elsa, uh, you there? Uh, call ID number? Yeah, can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, we can hear you now. Yeah, I think it's a problem with my headphones. You know, I uh, tried to connect. It was a phone's computer. I was trying to talk to the headphones computer. Yeah, there should be a caller. I wonder if it's the same caller ID that's here, which is the show ID. Seven seven four nine three forty nine. Yeah, I'm gonna try call that. Try it out. Yeah, there's no other show ID number anywhere. Not this. Does anyone else know? Hey, Colin, I just sent that to you in a text, and then you do the same show ID number as as normal. Yeah, I typed it up there. Yeah. 
I remember when TalkShoe was switching over, I guess it was about a year and a half ago, to a new kind of program or something, and a whole ton of people got billed on their phone bills. Tremendous amount of money. Um, yeah, I mean, TalkShoe is kind of a bad platform. We need to find another platform. Anybody know of a good platform for these type calls? Or does the government, everybody... the government seems to prefer Zoom. Uh, right? <laughs> I was about to say, does everybody have a Zoom account? We could do Zoom. Yeah, yeah. I've got a Zoom. There's also so, Facebook Live. There's, um, te there's a Telegram. Isn't there a Telegram Live? Yeah, Telegram Live, you can do the chats on Telegram. Yeah, they seem to work out all right. Hello? Hey, Alice, how you doing? Great. Can you hear me now? Good. Yeah, we can hear you now. Problem with my headphones. Anyway. Uh, do so. You do you got a question or something else? No, I just like want to join in. Join into the conversation. Yep. All right. Well, Kellen made it. Yeah, I made her, man. Made it from. Oh, he he just called in from Canada. Yeah, and, uh, so he actually. Yeah, he actually got on to the Canadian thing oh, or whatever. Awesome. Okay. I had a hard time hearing that. Okay. The sound keeps coming in and out on my end here. Well, I guess we could maybe move off with uh you know we're talking about the passports and how they're mandating or have ordinances in some cities and some some countries um what's the difference jc between a say manhattan city ordinance that says you gotta enforce passports in your restaurants or we shut you down you know we hear people online always say yeah but that's not a law and they say oh well blah 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 What's the difference between a an ordinance or a mandate or even a codified statute? Well, I mean, a mandate is typically an executive, you know, like some type of executive uh, power. Um, of course, like last year when you had all of these mask mandates and this and that they were always put in by the executive over whatever jurisdiction like when you had it going on statewide the governor would would enact and typically the governor in most states has emergency powers to put things into place typically for about 90 days you know anywhere from 60 to 90 days or 30 to 90 days depending on which state it is um so, you know, and that can be, it's kind of quasi-law. And, of course, we know that everything the legal society does these days is basically quasi-judicial. Yeah. Know, so it's not really law. And then whenever you have it, like, passed by the state legislature, 
it becomes a statute, you know, it's, it's positive or statutory law, uh, but it's not necessarily lawful or in law, you know, like that. And that's really where the judicial branch, they're supposed to come up and, and kind of do things is because the judicial branch is there to make sure that the, uh, that the legislative branch doesn't get out of control. You know, and that they don't just create these statutes that are completely unlawful and and go against every principle of law that's been established since the Magna Carta. And of course, you know, when the founders, you know, the founding fathers, so they're called, of this country, when they were establishing things like the Constitution and the three separate branches of government, because back in the old world, you know, for the most part, uh, the judicial branch came under the executive branch. And of course, they got rid of that over here because the, it kind of leads to the situation where the judiciary is afraid to uphold the law because uh -huh. they're controlled by the executive branch. So if they go against the executive branch or the executive officer, then, um, you know, their job probably wasn't real secure. And that's why like judicial, like federal judicial officers have lifetime tenure. Like they're, you know, once you become a federal judge, you can keep that position until you wish to retire. Well, that makes sense. So it's supposed to give them the comfort and security to be able to uphold the law without any fear of retribution, you know, without any fear that the executive branch or the legislatures are going to um you know take away their position or take away their status it, it eliminates the stick but they still got the carrot <laughs> kind of uh, by the way dc yeah. uh, what's going on else um uh was the magna carta really solid or not like can we base things on it uh in what way like, can I use it in court? Can I use a grand jury as described in the Magna Carta? Can I make it common law? Well, I mean, you know, like, uh, of course, the governments, the um, Commonwealth governments of today are not going to recognize the uh, grand jury that was established in the Magna Carta. So, and that's just because they're not going to recognize it. Um, can you use it? Yeah, you can use it. Whether it gets recognized or not is kind of a different story. So, uh, but there are a lot of things, you know, there are a lot of things that come from the Magna Carta that, that you could reference and you don't have to use the Magna Carta. They've been well established in, in other places. And if you're talking about like whether the Magna Carta actually has any force because the Pope uh, declared that it was a null and void document because King John had a sword pointed at his throat whenever he signed it. So he obviously signed it under duress, um, you know, and a lot of people kind of use that argument. All I got to say is that after King John passed away and King John passed away from a civil war within a year of signing the Magna Carta and he died from dysentery because you know, his castle was laid, uh, was laid siege to. And, um, 
and basically everybody was too afraid to go dump the crap over the castle walls because they were afraid that somebody was going to kill him. Um, so he got sick and died from dysentery. Anyways, after that, pretty much every king for the next like 150 years uh, upheld the Magna Carta. You know, they, they actually had it read. I think King Henry, which was pretty close to right after King John, um, but he would have the Magna Carta read at, at every church, you know, like every church meeting for, I know for at least the first three years that he was kind of in office. Um, and he, he told everybody that his kingdom would respect the Magna Carta as good law. And, you know, I mean, just goes to say like, yeah, when, when everybody gets together and lays siege to the king's castle, <laughs> you know, because they're not, he's not respecting their law. I would say that every following king is probably going to respect that law for a little while. And there's been something called the confirming charter, which makes it like stable, even though it was under duress technically, but the confirming charter like uh, legitimizes it. Have you heard of the confirming charter? Uh, what what charter? It's in Latin, it's called the Confirmatio Catarum, which is a confirming charter that confirms the Magna Carta, which uh, makes it legitimate. Uh, yeah, and, uh, I, shuts up I, the argument for the under duress. Yeah, I, I don't really remember exactly. Uh, like, I know the document you're talking about. I don't remember the exact name of that document. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, the thing is, is that. Uh, because the Magna Carta was re-signed by another king uh, within a hundred years. Um, and the one that was re-signed is kind of vastly different from the original Magna Carta. There, there are kind of a couple of key things in there that weren't reproduced in the second, you know, the first kind of real recognized Magna Carta. So, but again, it's like all of those documents, like the Magna Carta, the Constitution, you know, um, the Confederate States, you know, like uh, the Articles of Confederation, all of those documents are, are still ultimately just pieces of lambskin. <laughs> you know, they're, they're still just pieces of parchment until it's actually enforced by, by people upholding the ideals and principles of them. So that kind of brings me to an interesting thing. Somebody was talking to me about, they sent me a message on Facebook asking where, you know, where the line is between overthrowing the government and actually lawfully uh, kind of enacting what the government is supposed to be. And really the law, the line is, is that when you're lawfully enacting what the government is supposed to be, you got a bunch of people down at the courthouse, you know, more or less, they're not going to leave until they start getting law back. Um, and that's why like in, in most states, and I don't know if this is in every state, but it really wouldn't surprise me. But in, in most states and almost every state that I've actually looked for this and it was there, but, uh, 
you can take guns down to to the courthouse you just can't take them inside without you know actually having to use them for self-defense like, like a bunch of people like uh the oath keepers could go down to courthouses and in, in various states and they could have guns as long as they're open and uh, everybody can see them right outside of the courthouse but they can't take them in um, and and the reason why most states have a statute upholding those principles is because that's how you lawfully um, keep a good government because a good government is going to uphold the principles of law of natural law and, and the only way throughout history that um, people have really found and secured their rights to that uh, principle of upholding law is by making sure that they could have some type of enforcement force down at the courthouse or down at the sheriff's station. Uh, so if the government didn't feel like doing their job, they had some way, way of enforcing it or at least some way of protecting themselves from the government actually intruding on their property rights and their right to possession. which should be exercised more now. Yeah, so why do you think it's not exercised more? Uh, we've been bred into compliance. People don't know law. They don't know their rights. They don't know law, real law. Yeah, that's it, that's it. <clears throat> I, I would actually argue one of the main reasons why it's not upheld more is because people have been sold about this idea uh, that we're living in a democracy instead of a republic. Yeah. You know, and that the majority rules and you have to have a majority to be able to affect any type of change. It's a predatory belief. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, it, it just puts general society in a completely different mind state, you know, than the idea of, like, because a republic, the whole idea of a republic is that individual rights matter above anything else. You know, the idea of a yeah. democracy is that it's all about the good of the society. It's all about the good of the whole. You know, that's why a democracy is really easy to turn into a communist or socialistic state. You know, yeah. you can't really easily turn a uh, republic into a communist or socialistic state without turning it into a democracy first. And this is exactly why every democracy throughout history has always failed. You know, democracies, it's kind of like um, they call they call Afghanistan the grave of empires and they call democracy the graves of republics. You know, like a, a democracy is where every republic has always gone to die. A democracy is where every republic has gone to die? Hmm. Yep. Hmm. It, it happened to the Greeks, it happened to the Romans, and you can see it happening right before your eyes here in the United States. So, and in fact, like, if you go, you can go and look at literature from World War I. So, in World War I, all of the soldiers were handed out pamphlets from the military talking about what a republic was and you know why a republic was so much better than a democracy and how vital it was to keep 
our Republican form of government. And then if you go and look at the literature from World War II, you know, by then the propaganda had shifted to we have to spread democracy throughout the world. You know, and of course, that's what we say, like when we invade Iraq, Afghanistan, when we invade all of these countries, you know, that aren't really that bad of countries, they just live under some form of dictatorship, like we don't, but um, <laughs> but whenever we invite, invade them, it's always like, oh, we got to take them democracy and liberate them. Well, go ask the Iraqi people how much, how liberating democracy has been for them. And I bet you're going to get a lot of people who get really upset with just the idea that you're saying, you know, a democracy actually liberated them because for the most part, most people in Iraq are way less free under a democracy than they were uh, under Saddam Hussein. Yeah, do you remember the sleight of the sleight of hand? They used to say we were spreading diplomacy, right. and it just kind of merged over into democracy all of a sudden. Well, I mean, you know, you're always spreading diplomacy. It's just what kind of diplomacy are you spreading? You know, I mean, when yeah. we dropped a nuclear bomb on Hiroshima, we were spreading diplomacy. Yeah, you know how they spun that into a positive? They said, you know, we flew over to places and did things. That's your diplomacy. We went and gave diplomacy to others. Now they have diplomacy. I'm just saying (laughs) that diplomacy is one of those words where it's like, you know, I mean, most people think about diplomatic as kind of being peaceful, but that doesn't necessarily mean it is. You know, diplomacy is not always peaceful. Yeah. Yeah, that's like saying I'm I'm here to, you know, make trade and agreements and compromise and, and meet you in the middle. And it's like, who are you? I didn't even ask you to show up. Why do I got to compromise, you know? Yeah, I mean, if you look at diplomacy, it's like, you know, the white man who came over and started trading their, uh, you know, smallpox-infested blankets with the Indians, they they were performing diplomacy. You know, it didn't work out so well for the Indians. They taught them Spanish, too. Webster says that it's the custom rules and privileges of ambassadors envoys and other representatives of princes and states at foreign courts or forms of negotiation the agency or management of ministers at a foreign court a diplomatic body the whole body of ministers at a foreign court Yeah, I, mean, I, I wouldn't too much disagree with that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, basically your diplomacy is, you know, your representatives in a foreign court, like your retinue in someone else's court. Your retinue, yes. Yeah. We got a hand up if you want to. Oh, shit, yeah. Yeah? All right. Uh, Sarah, you're unmuted. Hi guys. Hey Sarah, how you doing? Hi, oh, Sarah. Well, living the dream with a lot of nightmares along the way. Oh, it's hot a day, so I'm setting alarms for all the. Yep. 
Siri thought I was talking to Siri. <laughs> is that what was going on? <laughs> that, that's what was going on. Did you know Siri spelled backwards as Iris? I did not. I've had Siri yell at me before, though. Well, that's not swearing. nice. For swearing. You know, I, was, I was mad. I was working on a website. And I was really mad. And I was, I was just cussing and stuff. And all of a sudden, I had the male one. He's like, Sarah, that's not nice. And I'm like, what? It <laughs> freaked me out. Um, the conversation I had a thing I was going to say, but now I kind of forgot it about how people, people think they need to be governed. Why do they think they need to be governed? They feel they need to be governed by something other than themselves. Well, you know, I mean, some people just realize that, uh, that they're really not responsible enough to govern themselves. Um, some people realize that they're not responsible enough to govern themselves, but they basically blame it on other people not being responsible enough to govern themselves. Uh, you know, so it's kind of that, um, a, a very duplicitous mind. And then a lot of people I find, I have found lately, you know, their ability not to govern themselves is not necessarily a conscious one it's it's kind of unconscious like a lot of people um rather than taking the responsibility of self-governing they would rather have somebody tell them what's going to happen you know what's going on they'd rather just follow you know and not be liable for any type of responsibility uh you know i was actually watching a movie this last week called the experimenter and it was uh, Stanley Milton, I think, who did the experiments back at Yale University in the early 1960s about like the electric shocks where, you know, they Stanford. Had, uh, it was what? Stanford, I think. Where the experiments were going on? Yeah, I think so. No, it was definitely Yale. <laughs> I, I know for a fact it was Yale University. Isn't that um, what I just said? Yeah, yeah. Stanford and Yale are the exact same college. <laughs> As you were. They yeah. are? No. <laughs> I, you know, Mom got lost there for a second. <laughs> okay. the, the only thing they have in common is they both have skull and bones. No, I'm just teasing. <laughs> um, yeah. So, but anyways, what he found was that you know, he would pull people in and they would put somebody in another room that they would call the learner. And then the actual subject of the experiment, they would call the teacher and they would tell the teacher to electrically shock the learner, um, you know, whenever they got a wrong answer. And of course, they got a lot of wrong answers because it was all contrived. And, uh, you know, eventually, whoever was playing the teacher position, the teacher person, would start to feel uncomfortable and not wish to continue the experiment. And just yeah. because there was somebody who kind of looked like they had authority and, uh, you know, they were running the project and they said that they would take liability if anything happened, you know, I think it was something like 65% of subjects continued to the point where, you know, the learner just quit responding at all. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I think it might have been higher than that. It was a scary amount. So, you know, well, at least one third of people or close to one third of people would, would kind of quit at some point in time. But typically after, you know, the learner was 
basically begging for them to stop or not responding at all anymore. Uh, Sarah, I really like the question you just asked. So I'm curious the motive. Like, like where is it that you see people who wish to be governed? Like what, what area of life are you specifically thinking about um, in order to ask that question? I think, um, I don't know really. I guess I see, I see it everywhere where people just don't want to, Govern themselves. It's like they're afraid to govern themselves. They're they're afraid to make the choices, like Lacey was saying. Um, I see that a lot. I see a lot of people not wanting to um own up to their own actions, and it makes me really sad because I don't I don't think you can go, you can actually find happiness or any kind of contentment in this life without owning your actions. But what you do, I mean, we we all do stupid shit in life. That's that's a fact. We all make <laughs> yeah. mistakes. I'll fall down, you know, but to lie about it or to pretend like you didn't do it, I think is injustice to yourself because you're just, it's, it's one more thing. You, it's another hurdle you're giving yourself to get over before you can get to somewhere better, I guess. I don't know. I, I see people just kind of being drones, basically just, you know, they go, they get up, they go to work, they, they watch TV when they get home, they go to bed they get up and do it again and i think wow you guys are just kind of sad actually <laughs> it's kind of like going to the gym and then lying to yourself about how much you lifted or you skip an exercise and then <laughs> check it off your little sheet anyway you know right right yeah you're not you're not owning your actions and you don't grow from that i i think that i think life is about growing and learning each and every day that's how we better ourselves and I don't see a lot of people doing that. I see them just kind of being duds. <laughs> herd Probably mentality. Or... Yeah. yeah, the herd mentality. And you know, that's, no. that's, that, it's an interesting question you ask because um, one of the most difficult things there is to do is to, is, I, I think with a lot of people is to grow up. And you know, one of the things about therapy or counseling is to help people to grow up, to mature, to give them options that they didn't have before. You know, I've said this before on that, is when people come to see me, they usually say, okay, I'm done, I've had enough, I've tried everything I can, I'm fed up with the marriage, I'm fed up with this person, you know, life sucks, whatever. And I say, well, I believe that you've tried everything that you know. Now let me give you some more options. Right. And I generally it's, it's will give them some options here. that they haven't. So a, a lot of times... The hurt mentality is, is, is really interesting because we compartmentalize. People generally compartmentalize. Like they can go to work, be very effective, do what needs to get done, and then a lot of times they'll come home and they can become very passive, you know, or passive-aggressive, which I won't get into tonight. That's an interesting thing. And, and, and so I think that a lot of it has to do with Number one, not people not growing up. You know, as little children, a lot of times if we coddle or baby too much or kids and do too much for them, then they have, you know, I guess today they call it entitlement. But it doesn't, it doesn't, teach, doesn't teach them um, how to make really good decisions if we're not um, allowing them to make decisions and then to fail and be there to help pick them up and brush them off and you know, be able to give them some options to, to grow up and to face some things in the real right. world. And that doesn't always really happen until you're thrown into the real world. But if we can have a, 
uh, a home life that's conducive to be able to uh, make mistakes and still be loved. And that's that's a whole different thing because a lot of times in our family of origin, if you've come from any abuse or trauma, then you're raised with a tremendous amount of fear. If you're raised without a particular parent, you know, you don't really learn the roles of a man or a woman, you know, especially in single-parent households. Um, And so you get a one-sided view a lot of times. Like as a single parent, people would say, oh, it must be very hard being a mom and a dad. And I say, I've always said, I don't try to be a dad. I'm not a dad. I'm not a man. I'm I'm a woman. (laughs) I can, you know, I can teach my daughter how to be a woman, but I can't teach her how to be a man. So I can try to avoid and stay away from toxic men and, you know, make sure I didn't date toxic men or bring them, you know, close to my daughter. But it still didn't give the other version, the other rounded version version of some other things because there was so much disappointment in life with people who didn't keep promises. So the bottom line I'm trying to say is that um, I think that when you ask about governing oneself, it starts in childhood a lot of times. And teaching our, you know, uh, uh, little women and our little men in training on how to take responsibility and face certain consequences. And if there isn't a really good balance in life, you can grow up and and not take that responsibility or blame other people. And I think we have a, a terrible culture of um, this happens all the time. We have we have different things that are set up. We have religious institutions, governmental institutions that are set up that I believe is highly highly narcissistic in in nature. Mm-hmm. It's just it's a breeding ground for narcissists where you blame other people, you don't take responsibility, you don't want to face responsibility, you pretend and have an illusion. Well, if I don't say anything, I'm just really being a peacemaker. No, you're being a peace faker. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's one one absolutely. thing that's really beautiful, <laughs> what's that? I said absolutely. Yeah, and a if there's one thing a that's really so be- beautiful about learning common law is you go and you, you, if you've wronged somebody or someone says that you've done something, you go there to your brother or your sister. But, of course, if they avoid you and they don't want to talk about it uh, or they live in a peace faker world, then there, you can't, there's never going to be a meeting of minds. There's never going to be a meeting of a heart because people tend to put restrictions on themselves. I'll do this, but I won't do that. And so when you don't have the openness to be able to communicate and talk things through, then you have a tremendous amount of unresolved issues that you're going to bring into every area of your life. So in some areas of your life, you can self-govern and deceive yourself thinking, well, I'm, I'm, a peace, I'm a peacekeeper, so I don't even want to talk about this. But that's a deception, and it's rooted in a lie. Because the truth is, the truth will set you free, only if you take the truth and and perform it, act it out, uh, and that is to confront, to speak, to be able to, um, you know, in court we always say, where's my accuser? You've accused me of something, and now you're going to go run and hide? So that's another area where people think that they're self-governing, thinking that they can stay quiet and seemingly be this wonderful, quiet, you know, Mahatma Gandhi kind of, kind of person when in fact they're really 
um, it, it's really a lie. So we deceive ourselves a lot, <laughs> and that's part of why people are not self-governing in a very healthy way with good boundaries also. You, you made a, a lot you, of it, like, again, really it's fear. I'm sorry, right. what's that? You made some really good points there. You made some really good points there. And one of the points I was, I was thinking as you were talking, I was, I, um, with the self-governing is, is living in honor. I, I, I feel that every one of us has a value and worth that we, we have this value and worth that we could contribute to the, our, the whole of our community. We all have gifts. We have, we have different gifts that can be enhanced and that gives us our dignity and honor if we walk in honor. Um, and the other thing is, I wanted to say something about the enabling, because you didn't see, you didn't talk about enabling, but it kind of came up when we, we coddle our children and stuff, but enabling comes from love, but it's so detrimental. I was just talking about this with my daughter today, how detrimental enabling is, because it doesn't allow, allow them to hurt. It doesn't allow them to fall down and make mistakes, and they need to. Pain makes change, period. When you're in pain, you're going to change. Things are going to change because you're uncomfortable, and we're not allowing children to be uncomfortable and so they got to get into adulthoods to be uncomfortable and they, they have a hard time growing up because they don't know how to deal with it that that's my experience i grew up very i grew up in a single parent family in a time that there is no single parents i, I mean i'm 50 years old and they, there is no single parents when i was growing up i didn't date nobody i didn't go to school with anybody that came from a single parent um and so it was it was a very difficult and then on top of it my mom was that shit great period I mean, God bless her soul, but she she was she was batshit crazy. And actually, when when I look at it, when I look back at it, I see um she had gifts that were different kind of gifts that she didn't know how to deal with, and that's what made her batshit crazy. Really, it came down to it. Um, but there's another point I had. I'm sorry, I got rambling. Um, the self the self governing in the I, I don't know. I just, I wish we could, I knew how to give people their dignity and their value to let them know that everybody has it. We all have, we all have something that we do better than other people. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think that you could give it to somebody. I think that you could treat people with respect and with dignity. And then I think it's something that's inside. It's, it's something that's cultivated inside and not all of us were, raised in a family of origin where we were treated with dignity and respect and it's taken you know some of us a long time um to be able to find that inside of ourselves. you know for me it's not enough just to go inward it's i have to go inward but at the same time my voice isn't always correct because we come from a lot of woundedness and pain and we don't know what we don't know till we know it so when I go inward, it's always to hear the voice of God or the voice of the one who created me, who knows better. You know, Father knows best. So if I can tap into Father God who created me, then I can see what he thinks about me and what he feels about me and how he created me. And that gives me my identity of who I am. And I don't go by feelings or I don't go by what anyone else says other than what I know that my my creator has given to me. And so um, when I can believe what he says about me, there's a tremendous, at least for me, this is my experience, 
is that I can embrace that. Even if I don't feel it, I choose to believe that that's true about me. And eventually that belief system gets ingrained in me. Um, But then I think it's important to also treat people with dignity and respect and um, with honor. And I like what you said about, I think, honor. The the, um, Native Americans is an awesome book I'm reading on giving each other honor. I'll go back in a little bit and try to find the name of that book and put it on the chat because it's just such a beautiful book about treating each other with honor, but the honor comes from within in order to give it outwardly. Yeah. Yeah. I use I use my, um, I don't know, I might have told you guys a story, but my dog got hit at my driveway and they didn't, the person didn't come and tell us that they hit my dog. And so we found her a few hours later dead. And I, I, that's when I really started thinking, you know, the doing the right thing is not always easy, but had that person came to me, came to us and said, Hey, I hit your dog. My dog was kind of a brat. Things happen life accidents happen. They are left there with their, that would have been honorable that they did that, but they're left there with their dignity because I would have made sure of it because to me, just, yeah. Just knowing what happened to her versus not knowing and then just walked away. I just, I think you, you have no honor. You have no dignity, dude. Whoever did it, you, you have to live with that. And I, and I actually feel sorry for you, you know, because yeah. that, I don't, yeah. I, I, to me, that's not a way to live. I would, I would, I would constantly eat at me. Is this the same, same dog that you had uh, issues with about a year ago? No, that was my daughter's dog's. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was going to say, I, I wonder I wonder if it's connected. <laughs> no, I think it was our neighbor actually did it, but yeah. We have a half a mile long driveway, so it feels personal. You know, it yeah. feels really personal because it was on the driveway. I'm so sorry that happened. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah she was a good dog, too. She was, but oh. she did chase cars. So, you know, and accidents happen, and I and I understand that. I, I, I don't... I don't hold that against the person. What I hold against the person is not living in honor, not being honorable about it, not doing the right thing. Yep. That's what I hold yep. against them. Mm-hmm. Well, and of course, a lot of people are kind of like that. And, you know, what we talk about here on this show with being a real man or a real woman, you know, what we don't talk about all the time is the fact that being a real man or a real woman doesn't extend to just, you know, when you're in trouble and the court's dragging you in there for some pretended offense. And in a lot of ways, you know, being a real, like the real measure of a true man or a true woman is, is when you do something that you're liable for and how you act after that. You know, do you take responsibility? Do you finish the issues that you started, that you participated in? You know, like, what do you do when when you're the one being accused of something? And what do you do when you're the one who's done something wrong? Do you take responsibility? Do you leave other people to clean up your mess? You know, what do you do? Those are very good questions. What do you do? I've, I've done them all. I'd say in my life, in my life, I've done all those. I've let other people clean up my mess, but I've also owned up to stuff. I've ignored stuff. <laughs> you know, today I, I own my stuff because I feel that that's the best way to live. I, I don't like other people having to clean up after me. I don't like clean up after other people. 
but it's taken me a lot of falls and bumps and bruises along the way to get here. Yeah, well, I mean, everybody kind of ignores stuff that's uncomfortable for them, but when you really start to think about it, it's like one of the reasons we're in the predicament that we're in in this country is because too many people ignore stuff when it's uncomfortable right. for them. Right. You know, people don't take care of things when they happen. People don't make sure that a rapist goes and gets arrested and a district attorney right. who uh, aids and abets them, you know, gets arrested along with them. Right. You know, pe people are just like, oh, it's somebody else's job. You know, I'm, I'm not the district attorney of, of this district. You know, like I, I don't work in those governmental offices. That's not my job. I got too much on my plate over here. Right. You know, and that's the way they feel until something like that happens to them. And then they're like, well, why isn't anybody out here helping them? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It seems people have lost their, the empathy for other people. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I think one of the biggest problems in our society is apathy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you know, people don't have empathy anymore. They they've all traded it in for apathy. Okay. And that's probably the biggest danger that the world is facing right now is people are just way too apathetic. And because they're too apathetic, they just don't necessarily care to change anything. No, because they're comfortable. Or they're or even if they're not comfortable, they don't want to be less comfortable. <laughs> you know? like, like they're comfortable in the amount of comfort that they have right now, and they don't want to lose any of it. Right. Uh, but, it's, so uh, but it's like the more you keep ignoring it, the more you just don't deal with the problem or the situation, the worse it's going to get. And then when you do actually start to deal with the problem or the situation, now you got a really big problem to deal with. And why do that when you're reasonably comfortable right now? <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. Hey, how do you spell apathy? Uh, a P T H E Y, maybe? I, I don't know. I'm not a good <laughs> A P A T H Y. Yeah, A P A T H Y. I got to apathy. Nineteen thirty nine. Mm -hmm. Nineteen thirty nine. I I think it's two reasons why there's apathy. One is selfishness. I think people are can be very very selfish. Um, the other one is 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 fear. I think those two motivators are pretty toxic. Yeah, but I mean, I think uh, a lot of it is just the insane levels of entertainment and amusement that people have today you know like people didn't always have this level of entertainment and amusement and because people didn't always have this level of entertainment and amusement you know when things happened in their society that felt really wrong to them they didn't go and amuse their mind with something else or entertain their mind was something else that, you know, whatever was wrong that was going on in their society would just stir in their mind until, you know, enough people got together and did something about it. Right yeah, in surfaces. That's, yeah, that's, that's part of the selfishness where people are very selfish, self-centered, want self-gratification. Mm 
they want to gratify their self, they want to whatever it is, for whatever reason, chill out, not think about it, not care. I think that's all tied into the selfishness that people have um, and and don't get involved. I think it was Philip K. Dick who said that soon people will easily or willingly trade their rights and freedoms for sensory pleasures. Yep. Yeah. You know yep. what I mean? For sensory yep. input pleasures. And that that's basically where we're at right now. Yes. I think we're also on sensory overload, too. I think, when, oh, you know, yeah. it's our, our time is very precious today, and a lot of people just want to zone out and not think about anything and just, get, like you said, get, get amused, get entertained as, as, a, as a way of, of uh, not experiencing life or not having to deal with life or just, like I said, zoning out not taking responsibility, getting being on overload, or just choosing right. to want to have the pleasure centers there in their mind activated instead of the think, being able to think, make decisions. Well, I mean, there's a lot of studies talking about, like, that's one, one of the reasons why we have a big insomnia problem. You know, I mean, there's a huge insomnia problem in the United States, but one of the things that they talk about is how everybody's on sensory overload with their cell phone. And so by the time it comes to actually, like, quieting down the mind and trying to get to sleep, you know, people's minds are just still racing. And then, of course, they try and blame it on, oh, it's the, it's the blue light, you know. Let's take out oh, the right. blue light when people are on their phones in the middle of the night. <laughs> Uh, you know, no, it's it's the fact that you have, you know, 60 images a second flashing into your eyes for your brain to process, you know, and then you have sounds and other stimuli. I don't got 60 frames a second. What kind of internet you got? <laughs> oh, I, I bet your cell phone pushes 60 frames a second there, brother. Yeah, maybe. I can almost guarantee you, I, I don't know of any cell phone that doesn't do at least 60 frames a second. Even the 4K TVs now, like, I don't think there's any 4K TVs lower than 60 frames a second. Um, and, of course, to get, like, 3D images and stuff like that, you got to get 120 and up. You know, 240. Are you, are you implying I have at least a 4K TV? Nope. <laughs> but even if you have a 1080p TV, it's very, very likely it's at least 60 frames a second. <laughs> I don't care what kind of TV. Hey. Well, 60 hertz is 60 frames, brother. The the um little things at the gas pumps that you can watch now have 60 frames a second. Yep. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much standard because that's at the rate that um that AC power oscillates at. In, in the US, US, yeah. Yeah. So that's that's basically why everything has been standardized around sixty frames a second. Wow. And so and in fact, like your your smartphone, depending on how good of a quality of smartphone it is, like I wouldn't be surprised at all if my iPhone eleven pro had two hundred and forty frames a second. I notice a lot of people are afraid all the time. And an example is a friend of mine got a hold of me. She's from Texas and um, she is friends with Barry, who is, he starts his trial starts next 
month, actually. He's one of the, um, got federally indicted for kidnapping the Michigan governor. Supposedly going to kidnap him. Well, was was, he one of the ones that worked with the FBI or one of the other ones? Militia guys. He was the one that was from Delaware, not from Michigan. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm just saying, like, at least half of those people were informants for the FBI. So. I know, isn't that nice? The shot yeah. and yeah, I, I, the lead, the guy from Wisconsin and the um, Wolverines, both of their leaders were invest, you know, FBI informants. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, the guy who came from South Carolina, he was also working with the FBI on it. Yeah, and yeah, there's a lot of them. But she, so she ran, runs her name on Truthfinder last night, which I do that every so often because I do have a record and I want to see what my record looks like if somebody has to look me up. And, um, she's, it comes up with right before you, you go to like get the, your report on it, it comes up with all of a sudden, and this is new because I've never seen it before either, but it says something like um, FBI on the FBI list and watch list and stuff. And, I was like, oh, she's like, I never seen it before. Do you think that has something to do with being with Barry? I mean, Casey was another friend of hers that was killed by the FBI um, before. It was a good friend of Barry's too. But um, I'm like, so I, I'm like, well, I'll run mine and see what see if it says that. Well, it, mine said the exact same thing. And she's like, well, aren't you freaked out? And I'm like, well, no, because that's what they want us to be scared. They want us. I don't care if I'm on a list. I care less. Let them come get me. But it, it just made me think about how. Everybody, that's just an example, one example. There's everybody's scared of something lately, like more than normal, you know, with this whole jab thing and, and getting, I don't know. I mean, I was about to say that is that there's definitely some type of like universal thought field, you know, um, they, they've proven this in multiple different experiments uh, in different kind of ways. But right now you have immediate like you can't turn on the tv to a news channel without having some type of fear porn being propagandized you know and and even if you're not watching that all the time just the fact that it's going on around you and other people are consuming it is going to have an effect on your mind and what you're thinking because so many other people's thoughts are being manipulated you know, yeah. so many other people are being manipulated to have these feelings, to produce these fear hormones in their body that perspirates from their skin. And, you know, you can smell it on them, even if you don't actually realize it. You know what I mean? Like, it's mm-hmm. still stuff that's going on in the unconscious and subconscious part of your brain. Tom McDonald just did a song on that, too, Propaganda. I don't know if you know who Tom McDonald is, but he's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I've heard the name before. I just can't think of it right off the top of my head. But I still have COVID brain a little bit. COVID brain. (laughs) (laughs) At least I don't have vaccine brain. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) All my friends in Europe have gotten um, gotten the jab. Every one of them. Well, that's because in Europe, it's way different over there. Like, if you don't get the jab over there, you really can't participate in society at all. They can't travel. Yeah. Yeah, this is why America is definitely going to be the last stand, you know. So I I just don't know if I actually believe the amount, like, the numbers of what they say have been vaccinated here in America. 
but you definitely have your two sides like people who are vaccinated just hang out with vaccinated people and then people who are unvaccinated for the most part just hang out with unvaccinated people and they might know each other like you might have a family member or your family members might be you know fully vaccinated and I mean, y'all know each other because you're family, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you're hanging out and getting along all the time. Right. That's kind of yeah. what's going on. My my roommate's daughter, granddaughter had got had she's got allergies, and so they the school made her go and get a test, and her daughter was not real happy about it. But they they stuck the thing up her nose, both sides for five second for a five second count each time. Which is something they I've never seen them do before for testing it, but I was like she can't she had to have ble- she had a bloody nose when she's done. I'm like, oh my god. Isn't that assault? Kind of, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, literally they stuck the thing up there like one, two, three, four, five. What the I mean I think that's even battery. Right? <laughs> yeah. I think you're right. It might just be battery without a saw. It depends on if she was able to see it or not. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but but it's all right, you know, because the school districts have immunity. Yeah, the greater good. Democracy. <laughs> Yeah, the whole greater good argument, you know, it can go to scary places really, really quickly. It's never worked out well for a society in the long run. No. Even in the short Hello? Run. Hello? I, I lost you. I don't know if it was me or hello? Yeah, no, I lost it too. Weird. So, but yeah, I mean, even in the short run, I mean, it's like, look at China when they had their last revolution, they killed what, like 200 million people for the greater good? Yeah, you mean with Mao? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they they bragged about how they killed, uh, it was like, uh, it was like 90 million in like three months because they were unarmed. So they just basically said, everybody outside, you know, and they just cut them down. The communism, and I do so great, you got to kill everybody with a different opinion. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and the horse they rode in on. <laughs> right. Kind of like uh, the whole vaccine debate. And I did so great that you got to, you know, take away the license of every doctor that doesn't agree. Right. There's a couple of whistleblowers that came out this last week. Uh, yeah, I mean, but they come out and they say what they're going to say. And then, you know, they, the, uh, you know, the system, the machine, whatever you want to call it, it takes away their credentials and makes sure that nobody will listen to them because they don't have any credentials anymore. Yeah, that's true. You know, or they start calling them like unpatriotic because they're committing treason because they're giving the American people the truth about what's going on. 
this and this country was founded on treason you know absolutely everybody hilarious who signed the declaration of independence was a treat was a traitor well they were a traitor to britain they were patriots of america <laughs> yeah it's all about your point of view right that's true. It's, it's kind of like is the earth flat or a ball well it depends on which way you're viewing it from oh that conversation will start breaking hearts man <laughs> i'm just saying quantum physics superposition and quantum entanglement doesn't lie it's science <laughs> <laughs> there's too much for my brain right yeah i think most people think like that they can definitely get a little bit warpish yeah other things to do like try to teach people off <laughs> i don't even know myself yet i'm still learning but it's a process well, i mean as long as you're participating i mean one of the things is is that people haven't seen law in so long they, they really don't know what it is That's you know and true. they really don't know what it is even when they're looking at it when they see it like people will still reject law even when it helps them you're so yeah. right i've been trying to explain to, to people about the cops and how they're policy enforcers and that you can't when you learn this stuff you can't be stupid and be like get up in their faces because they're they're just people Cops are people. Yeah, they got a badge and they're one of the most dangerous gangs around, but they really do got kind of a shitty job. And they don't know law. They, most of them don't know it. They just know what they're, they're told to do. They're, they're low IQ people, period. In fact, they even take tests to make sure that they're low IQ. Right? <laughs> you know, when they think they're getting into the academy, they're really not. I mean, it's kind of like Walmart does the same thing. I don't know if you've ever noticed about Walmart. If you look at Walmart employees, you know they're not, they're a couple French fries short of a Happy Meal. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, and then that's not, that doesn't make them bad people. It just makes them a little couple French fries short. That's all. And, but they have to take a test. You have to take this test to get into, to get a job there too. They don't want people thinking for themselves. No, of course not. Burger King didn't test people to get a job there, and that's why all their employees walked out one day <laughs> demanding higher pay. They're like, crap, we shouldn't <laughs> have gotten the thinkers. <laughs> but, but this is what happens when you freaking have way too many college graduates, and then corporate America starts hiring the college graduates for, uh, you know, for minimum wage jobs first because the banks want their money back. And the banks already have their money they just want more yeah, right <laughs> just because they just because they're college graduate doesn't mean they're intelligent either it's like the whole shifting of the goalposts. you know they they elevate or inflate a standard like oh we all we all want college grads or or you know degrees so instead of saying uh you know instead of more people becoming educated and intelligent it's just more people you know Right. There used to be a reason for academia and, and university, but now it's every reason. Well, I mean, you know, I think there's a big uh, difference between education and intelligence. 
Absolutely. No, like I, I don't necessarily think that education breeds intelligence and I don't necessarily think that intelligence breeds education. Right. Right. I, I think they're two kind of very, very different things. And, and what college does is it breeds education, you know, and it, it typically breeds education in very, very uh, specific. Um, Communist. Well, well, it breeds very centralized local uh, education. It breeds a lot of specialists. It doesn't breed a lot of general intelligence. Right. You know, like they talk about uh, artificial intelligence, and they keep talking about, well, is general artificial intelligence, uh, you know, is, is that possible? They keep on talking about this general intelligence, whether that's possible or not because we know that we can make an educated artificial intelligence like we already have that you know like an artificial intelligence has already beated beat the best human player at jeopardy it's already beat the best human player at the chinese game of go but that doesn't necessarily um mean that it has general intelligence it, it can't think for itself it can't philosophize it can't say i think therefore i am or even really understand the meaning or significance of that simple philosophy yep okay. like i i could teach you how to drive but i could also teach you how to really wrong drive you know same with university they they may put a lot of thoughts in heads it doesn't mean it's universally you know correct or appropriate well and and it's that right there it's that they put a lot of thoughts in heads they don't teach a lot of heads how to think yep. you know there's yeah. a big difference between placing a thought in somebody's head and then teaching somebody how to think yep you know teaching somebody how to use their imagination how to use their ability of creativity how to be artistic in their thinking and the way that they maneuver in society which most people have no clue you know most people don't know how to do that and and why don't yeah. they why don't they because schools teach people how to repeat numbers and statistics and facts they don't teach people how to actually think for themselves how to produce some type of intelligence yeah, it's yep. like I've always said, um, society, every place you go teaches people what to think, but not how to think. Right. Yep. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I also so think that's why a lot of... Uh-huh. I also think that that's why a lot of children and students don't like school anymore, don't really like education anymore is because it's teaching them what to think and not how to think because the people who really love education the people who really love intelligence and you know uh academic learning are people who who can you know basically weren't learn what they wish to learn they have freedom you know they have freedom to produce their own thoughts and not feel like they're going to be criticized for it right and you can't really do that when you're just memorizing numbers and statistics. Yep. Mm -hmm. So, Amana, uh, you said uh, academic use is just for reason. What exactly is that reason? Just to dumb it down, or is there anything else? I, I can barely. Can you say it one more time? 
No, uh, a few moments ago you said that uh, academia used to exist for a reason. What is that reason? Yeah, Alice, like uh, so, something's really muffled with your microphone. It's really hard to hear what you know what you're saying. But when you're talking, it just kind of seems a little muffled and kind of uh, I don't know melded together or something. <laughs> Can you hear me good now? Oh, uh, that's a little better. Yeah, I, I was saying more to the existence of academia that uh, Monarch mentioned because we do for this reason. What is that? I couldn't hear the question. Yeah, do you uh, want to try typing it into the chat, maybe? I I think uh, I think what he was asking is about university and that is for a specific reason something like that uh i don't know uh yeah but it is just an extension of our you know public school system now that's uh a particular narrative of what the larger power that be wish for you to think instead of uh trying to instill tools to teach you how to think and and how to figure things out it's like instead of teaching you uh look at this spectrum of colors which one's your favorite which one makes sense it's it's you know green's the best color uh that's the answer anything other than green is um is bad oh okay he, he says uh yes what academia used to exist for because I said academia and university used to have a specific purpose, and now it's just kind of the uh, the rule instead of the exception. You know, it's um, but academia used to exist for uh, well, an academic is somebody that it's like a philosopher. They they discuss theories and beliefs and possibilities as opposed to necessarily doing them like a technician or a specialist but it uh kind of like jc but jc also cracks heads so he he gets his boots dirty <laughs> well and i mean another thing to, to think about with academia is like um you know for instance like if you go back to before uh government started funding colleges and giving out pretty easy to get scholarships and you got all of this government and corporate money into um you know into universities and educations and i'm sure that all of the staff like all of the administrators absolutely loved it because that's where they really started getting paid and paid a lot of money but before that it's like you know i think back in the 1960s you could have gone to harvard you know for a couple thousand dollars a semester you know but most like back in the early 1960s most college tuition for a semester was a thousand dollars or less yeah yeah and now it's like to go to just a relatively moderate school is $50,000 a year. Wow. 
Yeah. You know, the same thing happened with healthcare. It's like before insurance companies and the government and mega corporations like Wall Street money really took over healthcare, you know, healthcare was pretty moderate. You know, like you didn't have to have like a really good job and make sure that you had to have health insurance to be able to just go and get four doctor visits a year and, you know, feel secure like if something happened to your health because most places were pretty reasonable with you. But once it started getting all entwined and, you know, like 80% of like people who work in the medical field just work in the field of administration. You know, they actually don't do anything for your health. And all of those people have a salary, <laughs> you know. But we're paying for the people to call us up and annoy us about not having any money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess those people who don't have any money are not really paying for it, but <laughs> all the people who have insurance are. Like, we <laughs> as a society are collectively paying for it. Yeah. Any more questions from uh, Alice Under the Sea? Uh, he's got a uh it looks like a no audio detected oh now it's back can you hear me good now a little better uh, there's a question from monarch in there on the chat Oh, yeah, that's the one uh, JC just answered for me. <laughs> yeah, what is that? I know, but my one. Right. <laughs> I'm just a question snatcher. <laughs> I was like, hey, JC, look at that question sitting there all there unattended. Huh? Hope nobody picks it up. <laughs> um. I wanted to remind you all I put on the chat the name of the book Warfare by Honor uh, by Indigenous Messengers. Um, it's in one of the best books I've ever read on honor, how to, how to give honor, how to receive honor. So I encourage anyone to read that book and get it because it'll really change your mind and perspective on a lot of things. So. Thank you. Yeah, appreciate the question. Well, any other questions out there? Gone quiet there all of a sudden. Everybody's thinking. JC gave everybody a lot to think about. It takes a while to absorb these, this stuff, this information. Let it sink in. Hmm. It does. It does take a while. Oh. 
You there, JC? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Um, let's see if there's anything else up here. Somebody made a any pending legal or lawful concerns? I got my computer back. Woohoo! <laughs> they had it for a month. They took my computer when I'm, I got my kids got my car taken away because they're being retarded. And um, they held on to it and they wouldn't give it back to me forever. And then finally they gave it back to me yesterday. I was pretty excited. <laughs> How long does it take to clean a hard drive? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I'm next. I'm I don't care. It's my Mac, computer. though. Mm-hmm. It's my most expensive computer, so I'm glad to have it back. <laughs> Shoot, yeah. They shouldn't have taken it. I know. So it was impounded, is that right? Yeah. The car was impounded. And well, and then there, when they went through the car, they found another computer in there that was a stolen computer that this dude had left at my house. And so then my computer became part of that. You know, they wanted to make sure it wasn't stolen. So you should be like, shoot, yeah, it was stolen. It was stolen by those officers right there. <laughs> <laughs> I like to charge them with theft. <laughs> right. They didn't give it back when I asked. Did I did I send you that uh, audio, JC, when I called the sheriff's annex office here because? Uh, I was trying to get my truck back out of impound. And I was, uh, I don't know. If you did, I don't remember getting uh, it or listening to it. It was a little while back. Yeah, I was explaining to the deputy on the phone that it was loaned in in trust, you know, uh, forcibly by a fellow man of the community. And, you know, I just presumed it would be returned, but it never was. And, uh, but so I was saying all this stuff, you know, and then I, I didn't even realize it till I listened to the, the recording that it was actually a woman deputy. And I kept saying, yes, sir. you know, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yes, sir. Yep. And all these things. But right. yeah, it, I don't know why I just thought it was a guy, but um, it almost worked out. Essentially a deputy forcibly borrowed my truck and towed it off and I almost got it back. You almost got it back? Yeah. I actually the only place I was actually held up was it then became a civil matter with the tow yard. And that's where I kind of got held up for a minute. Why did it become a civil matter with the tow yard? Well, I got past the uh, sheriff's department, essentially, um, but then it became a matter of not going to pay, you know, uh, what was it like two grand or 2200 to the tow yard, so. Sorry, it's a train. Yeah, why don't you uh, write to them and tell them how wonderful it is that they decided to rent your truck? Yeah, I did. I even had a bill, billing statement typed up, and I think, um, and I don't know what happened. Something happened. You said they forcefully borrowed your vehicle, huh? Yeah, he, um, 
you know, he was real excited about their facility. So he pulled me over on the side of the road so he could rush me to a tour of their building. <laughs> and <laughs> in the meantime, they had their cohorts come with their truck and load up my truck and take it away. Wow. Because I didn't have a front license plate. Wow. Well, that was a reasonable suspicion. Probable cause came when I had no identification to incriminate myself as a operator of vehicle under license. Nor did I have anything to support or uh, reinforce that on paper in the second dimension. So that's where I fell short. So don't try to hold court on the roadside. Uh, yeah. Side, you just go ahead and go with them and, you know, work it out in an actual court. And show up to that to work it out. Yeah, you have to show up. Well, you could just put in some paperwork, right? You could, yeah. And then never, ever show up. <laughs> he said sarcastically. I don't see that going wrong ever. Not ever, ever. Forever, ever. Forever, ever, ever. <laughs> Sorry, Miss Jackson. Woo! I am for real. So, it took a, it took a month to get your computer out of your car? Yeah. Why, why so long? they're jacking me around yeah <laughs> they're just i don't know i suppose that they i don't know i didn't even question them i went down there twice and they wouldn't give it to me they said i had to talk to this person or that person i'd call and i didn't even do nothing for two weeks i kind of just blew it off because i had other things going on yeah and then i called them yesterday and said i'm i think i get my computer back and they said well you can come get it right now if you want i said okay i'm on my way <laughs> yeah they wanted me to like at first i was like you have to show proof of it that, that you bought it and stuff and i'm like oh fuck. <laughs> um, i don't know where that is my house is a mess I, i'm not even living at home right now I, you know i didn't tell them all that but that was what well, I mean, if it's a mac like doesn't have to be linked to your account um yeah i mean it's yeah. like all right just give me the computer and i'll pull it up i'll show you that's linked to my account right even better, can't you do those like lost my device, like remote messages? So if you lose your phone, you can do it from like your computer that says you can even put a message on the screen if someone picks it up. You could put like release me, douchebag, you know, on the screen of the computer. And so, you know, just give it back to her. Stop asking questions. Right. <laughs> Return to rightful owner. <laughs> <laughs> Who's standing next to you? <laughs> Yeah, if I wanted to, I could have locked. I could have locked the computer, totally locked it up, and erased it. And they would have seen, couldn't seen anything on it. I didn't have nothing really important on it, anyways. But, you can do yeah. that like remotely. Yeah, with Macs, you can Apple phones. You can do it with your Apple phone. When you go do go into um, find my phone. If it, you can lock it, and then you can erase it if you want. Yeah, you can do it on a on your you know with Windows also through the outlook live or whatever it is uh the main login 
Yep, that's right. You can't forget about that. That stuff's too high tech for me. From the <laughs> <laughs> me too. You gotta have a 4K and above. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that's not that new 8K stuff. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, what, what are you talking about 4K, man? That's like 4K so five minutes ago. I know, right? I'm on that 4G. <laughs> I got a 5G tower right by my place. Mm. Okay, it's a little ways, but it's right in the land. 5G, 5G towers are everywhere. Uh, they're going up pretty quick. They are. In fact, it's nowhere. not even like a 5G specific tower. It's just they take the 4G tower and put the 5G technology on it. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I pointed that out all the time. Yep. Drive people nuts. 5G tower. 5G tower. 5G. <laughs> Shut up, sir. You don't have to have a tower. Every street light is 5G. So it's everywhere. You're surrounded by it. Every street light? At least most of them, especially in big cities, they have an element of 5G behind the light itself. If you think it's just there to light the street, you're wrong. Our, ours are fake trees. You guys see those? Uh, I've, I've seen, I've seen a fake tree. I haven't seen that. They're trying to make the cell towers all incognito. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yep. But we don't have street lights in my town, so that's how I roll. Or stop signs. Or stop signs? <laughs> yep. Or sidewalks. Damn. Yeah, Roosevelt Town. <laughs> Yeah. Where are you at? What area? What state? Uh, I'm in an alienated part of California. Oh. Must be, because California, when I was out there, it was pretty busy out there. Very fast-paced. And everybody smokes meth out there, everywhere you went. I was like, what the hell? Driving down the road, they're all driving fast. It was just crazy when I was out there. It was way too fast for me. Uh, that's only in the Salton Sea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't even know if you can get menthol anymore. I remember being in Northern California for one of the first times, and, you know, we were in a small town just north of San Francisco, and we were like, what are the cops like around here? And they're like, ah, they're not as liberal as most of the towns about here, you know. You can either be driving down the road smoking a joint or drinking a beer, but you can't do both right here. And we're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now they just rob you of your entire vehicle if you don't have a front license plate. Right? Well, I mean, full disclosure, if you have no front license plate, no ID, no registration, no and a gun under the seat, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, the gun under the seat doesn't help, man. No. No. I got to get that back, too. They still have that. They still have my gun. Let's put it this way. Just a frame of reference, that was pre-COVID. Was it, like, right before COVID? Yeah, yeah. In fact, it was, like, 
a week later is when they were like, there's this thing going on. We suggest you might want to wear a mask if you feel like it in public. It just could be a thing. So yeah, because, I mean, once the yeah. COVID came down, like, I bet they got really backlogged. You know, they basically shut courts down for, what, almost six months? Yeah, I didn't even see the, the deputies on the road either for a long time. Yeah, I mean, I know, like, hearing from cops personally, they were, like, they were being told by their sergeant and stuff, you know, they didn't have to worry about pulling people over if they didn't want to, you know, whatever. Yeah. In fact, I, you know, like I said, it was pre-COVID, yet it was, like, like days before COVID um, as far as, you know, government involvement and, you know, advice and whatnot. But anyway, when they had taken me in to give me a tour of their facility, um, either door almost, I mean, it was probably like four hours at least, you know, or at the most. And uh, I remember thinking, man, it must have been a shift change or something. I got to clock that down so I know better next time because it, it was it was like they just walked me through. No naps or anything. But they're probably just tired of having the little Yeah. They're like, oh, he's going to start telling jokes. <laughs> Quick, <laughs> let's get him out of here. <laughs> yep. So I've got then, a you, then you hear in the background, you hear in the background, anyone else smell bacon? Are <laughs> <laughs> oh, you aching, yub, yub, yub? Forrest and bacon, yub, yub, yub. He's a big <laughs> yeah. pig. You can be a big pig too. Woo! <laughs> what were you about to ask, Jenny? Or Oracle? Yeah, I was saying, uh, I've got a question. And that is, does anyone have any opinion as to why there's such a... Um, a low amount of... Um, I was I was reading something on uh, I think it was Facebook. I'm hardly ever on there. But why are there? Why is it hard to find either anyone to work? Um, there's no employees anywhere. There's no people working. I mean, why why is there such a, a severe shortage of workers? They're all being paid to I sit mean, at home. They don't want to. I mean, nobody wants to work. I was about to say, there's probably multiple reasons for that. You know, one is that a lot of people are getting paid more not to work than they would actually get paid working. And then two, a lot of people, you know, especially since the mandates came out, uh, I mean, there's been a mass resignation because, uh, well, people just don't really like being told what to do. And that's the next thing they're going to do is cut off the bribes, I bet. You know, to say if you don't have the jab, you don't get your bribe check. Uh, that's probably not too far away. You know, and then they're going to just start with the universal basic income. But I think one thing that they're trying to do is they're trying to create, you know, a shortage of label, like labor working. Yep, then they can, they can justify the genocide saying, well, 
well, anyway, I mean, look, the robots are doing everything. Yeah, but um, I'm Well, that, that might be. Go ahead. What was that, Oracle? Yeah, I, I'm, I was asking you, uh, JC, why? Why would they want to create that? Well, I mean, obviously it's going to help out for the economic collapse and getting people to argue with one another about the real reasons for the problems mm -hmm. in our society and, um, you know, and then just the move from consumerism into a rationed communist state. Yep. Information sure. spreads like a virus, too. I mean, they want to isolate and insulate everybody to their homes you know, would be the ultimate goal if they could. And uh, then you're cut off from your social groups or, you know, your school or your job where you might interact and speak to other like-minded folk and maybe start considering other possibilities or independent thought and actions. And they don't want that. They want everybody at home where they cannot be at risk of learning stuff. And then your only source of information is the what? Well-controlled internet, the well-groomed and regulated social media. Then a, you know, a uh, compliant and complicit society is easily ruled. Yeah, well, I mean, I actually think it'll probably look a little different from that. I mean, and we'll find out here in the next couple of weeks, but they're talking about like, uh, I don't know if everybody's been following the whole debt ceiling situation that's going on with Congress, but, you know, the Republicans won't participate making it a you know, partisan issue, and the uh, Democrats don't necessarily want to raise the debt ceiling or suspend the debt ceiling by themselves because it's a really unpopular issue and they already know they're going to get absolutely devastated in the midterms. But if they don't do something about the debt ceiling by mid-October when the federal government runs out of money um, and they default on their loan to the Federal Reserve, which is real enough of a possibility that the Federal Reserve has already put like a plan of action into place in case the federal government actually does that. And uh, anyways, but if that happens, like the federal government's not going to be able to support or pay for the services that they basically guaranteed to the states. And so the states aren't going to be getting the federal funding that they're used to you know, which means the EBT cards are going to shut down, Medicaid's going to shut down, Medicare's going to shut down, um, and you're going to have a whole lot of issues. But basically, each state, more or less, would become its own independent economy, you know, kind of like it was meant to be back when, after the revolution ended. Um, and if that happens, you're going to see a very interesting thing go on in the United States because a lot of states without that federal funding kind of keeping everybody in all the states over a barrel, you know, I mean, without that, I think that a lot of states are going to start doing their own things and they're not going to be as federally regulated as what we see today. So I'm just glad that I live in a state where we produce enough food for the citizens <laughs> because that, that would be a really big issue for a lot of states. 
Yeah, we'll be coming over. <laughs> well, over in California, y'all produce way more than enough food. California. Well, just saying, though, we got that a lot fun. of... Go ahead. They're saying that there's a, a lack of... Um, um, employees and people who can gather the food, process the food, um, ship the food, have uh, workers that are truck truckers. So they're saying there's a massive amount of people who are who are just not working, which is why a lot of the stores are closing earlier. They're selling food that has an expiration date. It's, you know, it's outdated. So, and, and what happens to those people where they're working for a company where they're told, I mean, I have two friends in that position right now, that if they don't get vaccinated, they're going to get fired. I mean, what do you do in a situation like that? And I wonder if they're eligible for any unemployment. I wouldn't think so, but I don't know. Do you find fake papers that say they get vaccinated? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not really sure because honestly, it should be beyond an employer's like authority to require mm -hmm. some, well, to require medical information for employment. Mm -hmm. you, you know, I mean, medical information is private and confidential. I think one of the ways they're getting around a lot of this stuff, including the vaccines, is saying we're in a state of emergency. That's still going on since, what was it, Trump? Well, yeah, I mean, but it's it's honestly been going on since the Civil War. Mm. Wow. Mm. Yeah, Could you, you know, explain it's that just a right bit now, it's, Yeah, right now it's a lot more publicized and it's, you know, mm -hmm. more recognized. Well, but if mm -hmm. you want to get real technical, the United States has been in a state of emergency since the Civil War. And you know this because um, if the United States wasn't in a state of emergency, then you wouldn't have, um, you wouldn't have uh, executive orders. Like executive orders would have absolutely no effect if the United States wasn't in a state of emergency. And why is that still going on? What do you mean? State of emergency. You're saying how far back? The, the Civil, Civil War. Because we're still at war. Yeah. Wow. That's the, uh, that's the long and the short of it. There was never a treaty of peace signed for the Civil War. And the Lieber Code, which is still the federal law of war today, um, which was enacted during the Civil War, clearly states in three articles of it that you have to have a treaty of peace before like property ownership can be settled and clarified. And this is exactly why the government, well, this is one of the reasons that's used for why the government has basically rights over all property. Wow. Well, with that, does anybody have any kind of uh, last minute questions? And so, because it's a little after 11 and it's about time to uh, 
call it an evening. Just be sure to check out. Be sure to check out what? Wise Words with JC and Friends for replays and go. cuts on YouTube. Would you like to put a link to that up in the chat? I will. I will do that. And I'll cut this one up and try to get some uh, clips up there. Again, whoever's fighting uh, any kind of sickness or COVID, we wish you well, blessings on you, and I pray that you recover quickly. Amen to that. Uh, yep. I'll ask, uh, is that what they what is called a de facto? Is what, what is called a de facto? Are you talking about with the uh, civil war and the state of emergency? Hmm. He might mean de jure. Uh, he means de facto. But, uh, yeah, I mean, even though there's the uh, state of emergency, it's not necessarily de facto. Um, just because it, it's uh, the governing authority like you. There, there's no other governing authority that could take its place. Uh, so oh. the, the Civil War is basically ended for all and purposes and now the civil war is basically just continued from the actual government you know uh, perpetrating war upon its own people and they don't even really hide it so you can't really say it's de facto because they keep telling everybody there's a war on poverty there's a war on drugs there's a war yeah, on terrorism right. there's a war on domestic terrorism now there's a war on the virus you know and and how do we recognize people that have the virus? Well, they have symptoms or they don't have symptoms, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah. And de facto just kind of means like what's up next or what you're left with. You know, if you got three government uh, possibilities and two are eliminated, the one that's remaining is your de facto government, whether you like it or not, or it's good or bad, or the people agree or not, it's, it is what it is. Doesn't necessarily mean you know good or bad. And, and interesting, de facto means like of fact, you know, like so we have the government of fact. Yes, it's de facto, you know. Um, but of course, when you're talking about de facto in the form of government, it, it means that even though it's of fact, it's not of right. Oh, is so. that sort of like a de facto telegram group or something like that? Yeah, I'm not real sure. It's like if you wanted to uh, learn from JC and his friends, and he <laughs> did not have a telegram, but maybe or, yeah. was had one in the past. Right, that's what I'm referring to. Like 840 actos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, de facto, de facto followers. Yeah. De facto groupies. Yeah. <laughs> Would that be considered a de facto? A de facto group? Maybe. Is it sort of like by default? It, yeah, yeah, it kind of is sort of by default. Or that which is presumed and has not been disputed and debated, you know, or overturned. 
kind of like uh, I'd actually say that it's assumed and has not been disputed or debated. Yeah, that's or, that's better. You know that people just don't uh, stand up because they they have some sort of fear. You know, fear of but being censored, the, fear uh, of apathy. being kicked out of the group, fear of losing the tribe. Yeah, so we go back to the herd mentality or the fear of fear of. Uh, Fear of being alone, or oh, even just apathy, as uh, it was brought out earlier, that a lot of people, you know, live in tremendous amount of, of apathy. Well, they don't want to get involved, and so don't self-govern. They do allow others to govern them. That's interesting. Well, we can continue this conversation. Next Wednesday is uh, September 29th. And we will be out here at uh, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard yes, Time. Yes, we will. Mm-hmm. Thank, yep, every- yep. thank everybody for showing up and hope everybody has a good night. Yeah, thanks for all the questions and the support and the input. Appreciate it.
Good night, everyone. Just remember, friendly reminder, the nights are going to start being longer than the daytime every day until about Christmas time after the, uh, after the winter solstice. Have a good one. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.